I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. This is The Literary Gardener for May 14th, 2020. The topic this time is The Rhododendron, Rivals of the Rose. Rhodora, if the sages ask thee why this charm is wasted on the earth and sky, tell them, dear, that if eyes were made for seeing, then beauty is its own excuse for being. Ralph Waldo Emerson, The Rhodora, in Poems, 1847. In May of 1834, Ralph Waldo Emerson began a new journal while visiting his mother in Newton, Massachusetts. No doubt inspired by the profusion of flowers and bloom at the time, his first entry was The Rhodora, a verse that was later published in his first book of poetry. Emerson subtitled The Rhodora with On Being Asked Whence is the Flower, and he ended the poem by answering this question. Why thou wert there, O rival of the rose? I never thought to ask, I never knew. But in my simple ignorance suppose the self-same power that brought me there brought you. The Rhodora is an early expression of Emerson's thoughts about the connection between humans and nature, ideas which he developed further in his well-known transcendentalist essay, Nature of 1836. It's certainly not difficult to understand why Emerson saw a higher power in the brightly colored rhododendron flowers or why he described them as a rival of the rose. In fact, rhododendron comes from the Greek rhodon for rose and dendron for tree, perhaps originally referring to rhododendron species that can grow as tall as trees. The ancient Greeks and Emerson may have been surprised to learn there are about 900 species in the rhododendron genus that have originated in many parts of the world, a few of which are China, Japan, and the United States. The rhododendron genus includes evergreen and deciduous rhododendron and azalea species. The two types of plants are typically distinguished by the number of stamens in their flowers. Rhododendrons have 10 or more stamens, and azaleas have two stamens. North America has 28 native species of rhododendron, most of which grow in the northeastern and southeastern states. In the Pacific Northwest, there are three native rhododendron species. Two are rhododendrons, and one is an azalea. R. albiflorum is a white or yellow-flowered rhododendron that grows wild at higher elevations, but it resents transplanting and is difficult to grow in gardens. Much more amenable to cultivation is our native rhododendron macrophyllum, a rhododendron species that can grow up to 24 feet tall in shadier sites. The shrub or small tree keeps its large, leathery, light green leaves for two to three years before replacing the foliage. Commonly called the Pacific rhododendron, our macrophyllum bears many clusters, which are also called trusses, of pink, bell-shaped flowers during April and May. A particularly garden-worthy native is R. occidental, or western azalea, a deciduous species that has fragrant white tinged with pink and gold flowers reaching five inches across. The shrub can grow up to 10 feet tall. 
However, most of the rhododendrons blooming right now in our area are among the 20,000 rhododendron and azalea hybrids that have been cultivated before and since Emerson wrote the Rhodora. Rhododendron species are easily crossed, so evergreen and deciduous cultivars are available in a plethora of colors, sizes, fragrances, cold hardiness, heat tolerance, and pest resistance. Gardenia, a garden design website, recommends R. occidental as well as a number of rhododendron hybrids for the Pacific Northwest region that have earned recognition by the American Rhododendron Society. To check out this list, visit their website at www.gardenia.net. Whatever rhododendron species or hybrid is selected, it will need the right growing conditions to thrive. These include partial or dappled shade, moist acidic soil with a pH between 4.5 and 5.5 with lots of organic matter, good drainage, wind protection, and mulch to protect the plant's shallow roots. After removing a nursery-bought rhododendron from its container for transplanting, be sure to look for roots that have grown into a thick mass. Make vertical slits through the root mass with a knife and tease them apart with your fingers. Water the root ball before planting, then add compost, more water, and a top layer of mulch. Keep in mind that nursery-grown rhododendrons have most likely been forced to bloom for selling purposes, so don't be surprised if your transplanted rhodie skips a year before blooming again. Pruning rhododendrons is usually not necessary other than removing dead or damaged branches. However, deadheading the faded flowers will encourage new growth. To rehabilitate large overgrown rhododendrons, cut the branches 6 to 12 inches above the ground right above a latent bud or bud cluster. Add compost and mulch and keep the plant roots moist but not wet. Common problems with rhododendrons can usually be traced to improper placement and or inadequate growing conditions, particularly soils with poor drainage that can lead to root rot, powdery mildew, leaf spot, and other diseases. Weakened shrubs are also more susceptible to invasion of insect pests such as aphids, borers, leaf miners, and white flies. It's important to note that all parts of all types of rhododendron are poisonous to humans and pets, also horses. The toxicity of the plant is probably why it represented danger in the Victorian language of flowers. There have been cases of accidental poisoning when people consumed mad honey, which contains a neurotoxin from rhododendron nectar. Ralph Waldo Emerson most likely was unfamiliar with the rhododendron's hallucinogenic effects, yet he saw God in the purple petals fallen in the pool that made the black water with their beauty gay. And that's it for the Literary Gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening and happy gardening.